Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this Tuesday night as we discuss this Eagles team and if they're the best you've ever seen here. The best Eagles team I've ever seen. Top to bottom, week to week. Now we still have to see if they have finished and accomplished all the goals and won a championship, but... Through the first 13 games, I mean, this is outrageous. 215-592-9494. Back to all your calls in a few minutes. Right now, though, let's go out to the guest line. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, joining us to talk about this Eagles team that moved to 12-1 and on the season. Brad, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How you doing? Well, we're good here in Philadelphia because the Eagles are, are dominant right now. Brad, you know, there's been a lot of different moments in this season, and they had a little lull, you know, late October, early November, but... This is now three straight games of 35-plus points on offense, and the defense you know, now leads the league in sacks and takeaways. Can you find a weakness, Brad, with this Eagles team? Right. I think the only thing we've really been talking about was their run defense, and we've seen growth in that area the last couple of weeks as well with the addition of the veterans, obviously, Limbaugh Joseph and Dominican Sue. you got Jordan Davis coming back. So maybe that's the one remaining Achilles heel you can point to, and that's honestly the, you know, a good Achilles heel to have because you want teams to run against you and not throw against you if your offense continues to score 35 points you know, per game. Brad, we were discussing earlier, um, you know, Jalen Hurts' progression from where he was as a rookie to last year to this year. It's one of the biggest jumps, you know, in NFL history. You know, Josh Allen did something similar a couple of years ago. But, Brad, I, I'm wondering, curious what you think on this in terms of the big picture in the NFL. I wonder if it's going to change the way teams look at quarterbacks coming out of the draft because – Josh Allen was unrefined, but there was a lot of skill there, and they molded him. Jalen Hurts, unrefined, but there was skill there. They molded him. I think something similar is happening in Chicago with uh, Justin Fields. We'll see if he can continue and, and join these guys as, as a star quarterback. But do you think it's going to change the way teams view the draft and say, like, look at this athlete here. He does some good things. He's not where he needs to be, but we'll, we'll, we could fix that if he puts the work in. Do you think the success of Hurts and, and to another extent, Allen, will change the way quarterbacks are drafted? I do think we're going to see more teams take those risks of this guy has all the physical tools, or in Hertz's case, maybe he has a lot of the physical tools, but also a lot of experience and has grown each year he's played. Um, you know, a guy like a Will Levis, who I think is a total project and probably isn't NFL ready next year, even though he could be a top five pick, he's probably the name you would point to for this upcoming season. But I also think, as it relates specifically to Hertz, we're going to see more and more of, and a guy like Hendon Hooker, I think, is a good example for this year. Yes, he tore his ACL, but if you're not 100% satisfied with your quarterback and there's a prospect you think is interesting on day two, second or third round, they're a good player, not only talking about the sixth-round you know, six flyer, but more the, the good player that's not a first-round pick. I think we're going to see more teams take the risk and give that guy a legitimate opportunity like a Jalen Hurts to grow in an offense, be there for a couple of years, and eventually maybe win the job and, you know, ascend to MVP caliber heights like Jalen is right now. Brad, you brought up draft picks. So I have to ask you, you know, right now the Eagles uh, are projected to have, or if the season ended today, they'd have the fifth pick in the draft from the Saints along with their own, you know, near the end of the first round, wherever that, that falls. And, you know, this is kind of the beginning of that first round of mock draft season, and we'll take it into the beginning of the offseason here. And it's going to be probably our biggest discussion in Philadelphia this offseason, what they should do with that fifth pick. I'm of the mind – 
if they're about to pay Jalen Hurts, I would auction that pick off and turn it into three or four other picks because they're going to need cheap labor around a quarterback that's suddenly going to get more expensive. But there's also going to be a side, I'm sure, that says, hey, you might be able to get an elite player there at number five to add to an already excellent team. Where do you fall on that You know, in terms of the Eagles and what they should or could do with a very big asset coming their way from the Saints? It's a great question, and that is the beauty of doing stuff like this, especially as you said, if you're going to pay your quarterback and you are now set at that position, there are some people that think, frankly, if you have a top-five pick and you're not taking a quarterback, if someone's calling trying to trade up, there's pretty much no scenario where you shouldn't take that trade because odds are a non-quarterback taken at fifth versus, you know, eighth, tenth, whatever. You know, realistically, those players are going to be similar. I would imagine this year if a guy like Jalen Carter out of Georgia – you know, not only because he can pair him back up with Jordan Davis, but just a special three technique. And you see, you know, Fletcher Cox and a lot of these older players, Javon Hargrave, a free agent. So maybe they feel inclined to add an impact player at a position of need. Also, Will Anderson, the edge rusher coming out of Alabama, a great player. But maybe let's say those guys are gone. Let's say the pick ends at five. Yeah, if a team's calling that, hey, we want to come up and get C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or Bryce Young or whatever, you probably should take that trade down Just like you said, that way you can add a bunch of players and fill out your roster, get some cheap surplus value contract players. Um, But they might be too tantalized, I think, by a couple of guys if they're available at their pick. Brad, looking forward here, the Eagles, if they beat the Bears on Sunday, which they're nine-point favorites, they they almost certainly will do, and then Dallas comes up on, on Christmas Eve. If the Eagles win these next two games, it's over. I mean, everything is over for them. They've wrapped it all up, NFC East. They've, they've clinched home field. It's possible that they could do this with still two games to go. It's usually pretty easy, the decision-making. One game to go, you sit everyone, you rest everyone, no big deal. But they could have a decision to make, Brad, with two games to go. What's your thought on that? Because you kind of play out the, the weeks, right? If, if they have two weeks of not playing or, or playing sparingly with their starters and then a bye week, it'd be a pretty long time between Christmas Eve and their first playoff game. Where do you come down on what probably will be a, a decision of extreme rest versus, you know, not when we get close to the playoffs? Yeah, you know, I think, and this is more anecdotally, I, I could be lying if I said I dove into the numbers, but I, I just feel like that would be too long of a gap and you get some rust at that point, and you need to be ready for those first playoff games. Now in the new playoff structure, only one team getting that by, and everyone else has some playoff legs underneath them. We obviously saw last year the Tennessee Titans lose in that first round to the eventual AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. So if it is two games, I would say maybe first half in one or both. And maybe you do both, right? Maybe you say, you know, regardless of how the game is going, we don't even care about that. But we'll play, you know, sparingly in the first half, maybe just the first quarter, just so you're still playing football, you're still getting those full-speed reps. Yes, there's always going to be the risk of injury. Maybe you keep guys like, you know, when Goddard or Jordan Davis or those players are back fully up to speed, you don't play them and let them just kind of get fully healthy. But for a lot of these guys, yeah, three weeks off is a long time, and the worst thing you can do is be rusty, you know, come that first playoff game. Brad, we're not sure who that first playoff opponent's going to be, but we have an idea of, of who the best teams in the NFC are. I'm curious what how your mind has changed, if it has at all, on the Niners the last couple weeks because, you know, when Jimmy G went down, you know, I thought, okay, they're in some big trouble here, and it's probably just Dallas as the, tr- the biggest threat to the Eagles. But Purdy's played well, and their defense continues to be outrageous. How do you view the Niners now that we've watched Purdy and you've seen Purdy for a couple weeks? Yeah, I thought they were going to drop off because of that. You know, I'm not the biggest Jimmy Garoppolo fan, but obviously 
brings a high floor, has the experience in a lot of these games. And Purdy's been solid. He's not dealing with an injury of his own to his oblique, but, you know, gets the ball out on schedule, gets it to playmakers. We obviously, Debo Samuel now going to miss some time as well. I still think they're in that conversation. I think those three teams, Philadelphia, Dallas, San Francisco, which as you probably saw or mentioned you know, earlier today, but those three teams are all plus 120 or better in point differential on the season. And the next highest team in the NFC is the Seahawks at plus two. So they're in a tier of their own by a mile. And I think, honestly, San Fran is still in that group. I just now have them in third, whereas I honestly thought they were threatening to become the top team in the NFC over that last month when they were playing some good football. Now I think they're below the Dallas and Phillies of the NFC. Brad, we'll, um, you know, usually this part of the season, we'll have a handful of teams that we think are the favorites, but then there's always that next group. They're like, you know what? If they get hot, something, something might happen. And I think the Bengals probably were in that second group this time last year, and they got hot, and obviously they, they made it to the Super Bowl. It does feel like right now, there are six teams, and if you think there's more, I'd love to hear you think it is. But you know, it's the Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the AFC. You just mentioned the three NFC teams. Is that it for you? Do you think one of those six teams will win the Super Bowl, or do you think there there could be a this year's Bengals from either conference that could surprise us? Because I've kind of narrowed to those six teams. I think one of them will win the Super Bowl. I think that group is definitely most likely to be represented. Maybe both teams, maybe you know, one of them will win against the team in the other conference. But I will say there are a couple that are still floating around. I think the Baltimore Ravens, they've had an up-and-down season, but they really are, in the underlying fundamental metrics, a very good football team. Top 10 people play on offense still with all their injuries, now lost to Lamar Jackson. You do get concerned about their lack of wide receiver talent come playoff time, but you, know, you talk about just getting hot. If they just get hot at the right time, get healthy at the right time, and that defense keeps taking steps, I think they could win any game they go into. And then the Chargers, too. I know they're always everyone's favorite team, and they kind of had the, the low middle of the season, all these injuries. But it sounds like Joey Bosa could come back soon, maybe even next week. Yes, you're still down J.C. Jackson and Rashawn Slater, but they've, they've kind of overcome the, the secondary issues. And to a degree, the offensive line has not been good by any stretch, but they've been manageable, and Herbert is so good at mitigating those issues. So, I think those two teams in the AFC could maybe make some noise. The NFC, frankly, I think it's one of those three teams. I just think they're so much better than the rest of that conference right now. We'll end with this, Brad. A look-ahead line has been posted over at FanDuel for Week 16. The Eagles at the Cowboys on Christmas Eve. We know how big of a game it's going to be for both sides, especially if the Eagles um, are in position to win everything, clinch everything that night. So we are looking right now, and I'm sure it'll change, but right now, Brad, if I gave you this line, Eagles – plus one, Cowboys minus one on Christmas Eve. Which side would you take? Ooh, I was about to guess the line when you said it was up, and I was going to take Dallas minus two. Uh, so for that reason, hmm, minus one on home in, in Dallas. Look, I will take Dallas because the game just means, as we talked about, a ton more to them. It's, it's their only way of maybe winning the division, maybe getting the number one seed. And yes, you shouldn't really bet based on motivation. Obviously, Philadelphia will be motivated as well. But I'll go with Dallas, maybe get Tyron Smith back at left tackle by the time that game comes around. Um, but I think it's going to be a phenomenal, you know, nail-biting game that could go either way. It's going to be great. Brad, always appreciate it happening on. Thank you, and we'll catch up soon. Thank you, Brad. Sounds good. Thank you. There he goes. Brad Spielberger, pro football focus there. Uh, his thoughts on this team and where they're going and, and, um, and you know, teams that can win the Super Bowl. It's, it's interesting, really. I, I think it's six. I, I look at six teams that are good enough, but there's – 
always a team or two at this time that kind of emerges and gets hot now and throws himself in the mix. He said the Ravens. Like the Lions? Lions at the Eagles divisional round weekend? That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Back to the week one matchup. The Lions are red hot right now. You look at their numbers offensively in the last five weeks, it's nuts. Like they're like we're talking about the Eagles offense. They're playing just as well. And I saw yesterday a stat on Jared Goff. You know, he's playing his best football since so 18, the year they made the Super Bowl, the Rams, that was his best year. His 2022 is on par with the 2017 version of himself. That kind of was his breakout season. Jared Goff back? I think he's back. It's golf season. It's golf season. Um, I wouldn't fear losing that game, but that would be a fun, interesting matchup, right? Like the best team all year in the NFC versus the hot team of the past month and a half with the Lions. I guess if they get in, they're probably going to be the seventh seed. So if they won a game, they almost certainly would come here in the second round as the lowest seed remaining. Did we get Eagles-Cowboys divisional weekend? We probably are likely to. So I did uh, – I forget who said it today or yesterday, but I, I did um, hear that if a hypothetical line on the cowboys Bucks in the first round, because that's probably the game, right? Five-seed Cowboys, four-seed Bucks. Yeah, they're pretty much locked into that. Would Unless be, the Panthers get hot. Well, you're right. would be the Cowboys minus six and a half in Tampa. So the Cowboys would be almost a touchdown favorite to win on the road in the first weekend. And if chalk played out, right, if the Niners beat, I don't know, the Commanders – or whoever in the other game. Yeah, they're on Commanders and Vikings-Giants is the 2-7 matchup right now. Right, so if, the, if, if Chalk held, it, the matchups would be Eagles-Cowboys-Vikings-Niners in the second round. Seems a little unfair. It does. It, it feels like they should reseed, but they won't. Congratulations on being the number one seed. You get to play another 13-win team. You get to play the best team remaining, wins-wise. Um if it played out that way, I believe we'd get an Eagles-Niners NFC title game. Me too. So the Eagles, five years after facing Case Keenum, would get the privilege of seeing Brock Purdy when he tripped the Super Bowl on the line. Yeah, I wouldn't fear the Cowboys. I don't fear the Cowboys, but don't you think it's a little tough to beat a team three times in one season? Are you um, advocating a loss on on Christmas I don't know, The Eagles just... Throw Gardner Minshew on Like, don't you think Jalen Hurts wants to be home with his family on Christmas? Oh, you're leaving him home? Just send him to Houston. It's right by Dallas, so I imagine. Fly in the team plane, get him a car. Yeah. I mean, or I, I, just, like, drop him off in Houston on the way and I, just say, we'll pick you up tomorrow. As someone who was recently in Houston, I, I think it's a little bit further away than you're, you're saying. I mean, it's in the same state, obviously. Yeah, no, they're very far away. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it's probably a nine-hour drive. I mean, Texas is gigantic. As, as it I, is. I don't think we talk about that enough on this station, is how big Texas is, geographically. I, You're right. I don't think we say it enough. I don't know why we say it more. Uh, but you're right. It, it, is, it is big. Um, I'm sure that week, if we do get that game, we would talk nonstop about the history. No, it's of, only a four-hour drive. Oh, that's nothing. That is nothing. You could hitchhike. You get an Uber. Whatever. Borrow Gardner Minshew's van. Yeah, I, well, that... There you go. A, a use for the van there. All right, 215-592-9494. All right, I wanted, we wanted to mention this because once in a while, there's there's truly some ridiculous things thrown out there, and this is one of them. And I'm all for, I mean, look, who doesn't appreciate a mock draft like this show? I mean, we every time— Mock draft central. Mock draft mania. Forget? We're mock draft maniacs. We, we are. I mean, all, all last year we were mock draft maniacs. So 
Todd McShay. Is this 1.0? What do we class for this? I, I think Mc... he referred to it as his way-too-early mock draft. Well, he's right about that. So Todd McShay put out his early first-round mock draft. And, and obviously the Eagles, and the one we're paying attention to, is the fifth pick. The fifth pick that comes from the New Orleans Saints. So here is how his draft played out. Number one, Texas Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. Number two, Seahawks via Denver. My goodness, the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, Georgia. Number three, the Bears. Will Anderson, outside linebacker, Alabama. Number four, Lions, C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. So before I give you the pick that he gave to the Eagles, um, this draft played out in a way where isn't it obvious you trade down? Because I think there's two defensive players that they might have some pause not taking, right? Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. Like, wow, these guys are star defensive linemen, pass rushers. We've got to get them. But once they're gone, I would trade down and I would – whatever quarterback's left, I guess Will Levis would be the next big-time quarterback, right? He'd be what a team would want to come up and get. No, Todd McShay doesn't do that. In fact, Todd McShay, in his way-too-early mock draft, chooses a guy I like. Running back Texas, Bijan Robinson, in a pick, and we're going to let you hear what he said and why he played the, why he picked this. But isn't this the least likely Eagles pick you could possibly have at number five? A running back at number five? Like this is, this is like if a million dollars just fell at your feet and you went and just spent it in ten minutes. Like this is a gift on candy. You get the fifth pick in the draft. On a trade that people didn't even realize what the heck you were doing, why'd you make it? It's a gift to either take a star player at a at a important position, like you know, pass rusher, or to trade down and get three or four extra picks to put around your now expensive or we think expensive quarterback. Here's Todd McShay, his reasoning for taking a running back to the Eagles at number five. I understand it's a running back. Why, why take him in the top five? Well, you've got Miles Sanders, and Bijan Robinson is a, an upgrade at the position, and Miles is about to hit free agency after the season. Why not get a younger, better version of Miles for an offense that really focuses so much on the run game? And your job as a running back is to make defenders miss. 91 forced missed tackles is what Bijan had this past year. I mean, and he catches the ball extremely well, great ball skills, and he's really good in pass protection. So he's a complete player, and I get it. You can go in different directions, but if you're focusing on Jalen Hurts at this offense in the run game, why not bring in someone who has a chance to take, take you to another level? And that's what Bijan is to me. Because it's the fifth pick in the draft is why. It's Listen, it's a mock draft. He'll change it nine times before we get to April. There's zero, there is zero, zero point zero percent chance the Eagles use the fifth pick in the draft on a running back. I mean, I like what he said about John Robinson. I like him. He's a good, he's going to be a good running back in the NFL. But there's no chance, Tucker, that I would do it number five. Like that is a golden asset and you'd just be throwing it down the toilet. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. And if you do kind of look at the board and if Anderson and Carter aren't there, there really isn't a guy that I like for the Eagles, right? Like, there isn't a cornerback, there isn't a defensive lineman who I think is really worthy of the fifth pick outside of those two guys. So, at that point, when Will Levis is still on the board, you trade back, right? You trade back with a team like Indianapolis, who's picking seventh, with Las Vegas, who's picking eighth, you know, go back down even further. Carolina, picking 11th. Uh, Houston, again, Green Bay, like, whoever it may be, there are quarterback-needy teams who will give up a bevy of picks, 
for the ability to draft one of these top three quarterbacks. And then you can draft someone like a cornerback, like a defensive end. I mean, I know this team doesn't look like they have a lot of problems right now based on how they're playing, but look at that defense and what they're projected to do next year. They're going to need a lot of help, right? Like they're going to need another cornerback starting opposite Darius Slay. They might need another starting safety of Marcus Epps walks in free agency. They might need another defensive tackle, despite the fact they've spent more on defensive tackle than maybe every other team combined in the last five years. They still need help at defensive tackle. You can always use another edge rusher. I mean, there's probably seven spots on this team I would look at before I would even consider taking a running back. I don't actually hate the idea of Bajon Robinson as a Miles Sanders replacement, but you know what? They could trade down from five to, I don't know, 15, 20, whatever. Like, they could take a – would it shock me if they did draft a running back this year in the first round? They have two, right? They have two picks. And I don't – and we'll, we'll have a Miles Sanders discussion next hour because I, I think the idea of re-signing him at his peak is also un, un-eagle-like and really not, not very smart. It wouldn't shock me if they took a, a player like Bajan Robinson. But with the fifth pick – like, they could literally trade down from 5 to 15 and get how many extra number one picks? Two? And still get the running back there if they really wanted that guy. It's it's never going to happen at 5. It probably won't happen at all in the first round. But there's better ways to approach this. I mean, there's just better ways. Um, and again, that's it's like finding a million dollars and going to the candy store. What Just what are you doing? Like that's that's the worst. getting ten million malted milk balls. Yeah, I mean, and that's a lot of malt uh, malted milk balls. I don't think you'd be able to eat them before they they go bad. It, what's the whoppers? Yeah. Do you like those? Not really. Are you a malt guy? No, not particularly. It's um, a weird flavor. It is. It feels like it's gone out of style. I feel like the only time I've had it is if you go to like an old old school like ice cream ball milkshake. Like yeah, you, or a milkshake. Yeah, I've had an, I've had malted milkshakes. It has been a while. Like, when, when would you ballpark your last malted milkshake? Oh, probably at least 14 months ago. Uh, 14 months? Yeah, you don't think so? I was going to say a good decade for me, but... Well, how, many, how often do you drink milkshakes? No, um, I would say I have a milkshake on average once every four months. That's pretty... That's a, that's all right. Yeah, like, you know, it, it used to be a lot when I was uh, after Phillies games. When I'm, yeah, If it were up to me, I would have a milkshake like three times a week. Yeah, that, that feels heavy. And that feels it's like, a lot. It's a lot of milkshakes. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like late nights after Phillies games, like we get out of here like 1230, I'm tired of the way home. I'll stop for a milkshake. Really? Yeah. And that's so cool. Is it? I guess. I don't know. I never stop anywhere after Phillies games. I just go right home. I'm exhausted. Well, you also I have a longer drive. And you also don't really work during Phillies games. Well, that's not true. Okay, that's that's not true. The bottom line is I have a longer drive and try to stay awake on the ride home. And here's the thing. I don't want to have coffee at 12.45 in the morning. Like I, I want to go home and go to sleep. So, yeah, I'll, I'll stop. You ever have a Wawa milkshake? I have. Like the ones you make yourself? No, no, they'll make them behind the counter now for you. Yeah, no, I have. They're, I think they're good. I think they make a heck of a milkshake. So that is a good— Sure, they appreciate you stopping by. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a good investment. You know what's not the fifth pick of the draft on a running back? 215-592-949 for Hot Stove checking on their side. And we'll get to this Miles Sanders discussion because I got to be real with you. I don't care how many yards Miles Sanders has. I don't care how many touchdowns Miles Sanders has. I don't think the Eagles should prioritize re-signing Miles Sanders this offseason. We'll get to that. Is this the best Eagles team ever seen? It is for me. 215-592-9494. It's a hot board on Sports Radio 94 WIP.